Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one and only Cynthia Mannion on the show. Cynthia is an actress. She's a model. She's a rock star. She is so many wonderful things. And I can't wait for you guys to hear her story and see what she just did recently. It's pretty amazing. So stay with us. We'll be right back. But do me a favor and go ahead and share this out with everybody you know. Let's get a bunch of people on here. See you, see you in just a minute. we are back. Let me bring Cynthia on. Cynthia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ken. It's such an honor to be here. It's so fun to do a show with you. Woohoo! I'm so excited to have you here. So uh, Cynthia, you um, are, so everybody knows, you are a very, very good friend of mine. And um, mm-hmm. yes, I love you. I think you're amazing. Um, and you just, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but you just released a book that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, but this show is about how, um, you've hit hard times in life, how you got through it and became successful anyway. Jose Garza is on here watching. Thank you for sharing Jose. You're a rock star. Um, Tanju is on here. Nice to see you. Jose, nice to see you. Joachim from hell (laughs) in Norway, paradise on earth. So Cynthia, why don't you start by um, telling everybody where you were born and raised? Hi. Well, it's interesting. In my Character, I was born in the Seychelles Islands, but actually I was born in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, but I only stayed a few days, so I never felt like it counted. It took me years and years and years just to drive through to go see the town because it seemed like a good idea to at least see what it looked like. What's in what what town? It was Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. Upper Darby. Where is that? Um, in the middle of Pennsylvania. Oh, is it? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes, I do have some relatives there. If you're watching, hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much. I look forward. They've invited me to come to their book club. Oh, nice. And uh, my Aunt Marion ordered 10 books, and I'm going to send them off to her today or tomorrow. And as soon as they finish reading them in about, I suppose, like a month, right? I'll come over and we'll do our first book club reading. So that's going to be so exciting. I'm really touched that you reached out and you watched Mark Victor Hansen and I um, in our show. And then you actually liked the book and they sent me a picture of them reading it from the Kendall. It was so adorable. That's awesome. So, so, so so you were born and we're going to get to the book (laughs) who were not there yet. Um, so you were born in upper Darby, Pennsylvania is, and where were you raised? Well, I am the daughter of an air force colonel. 
So United States Air Force, being the daughter of an Air Force corner, I really feel like I should have ranks because I moved every two to three, three and a half years of my entire life. Wow. East and West Coast of the United States, all over Europe, East Africa, and of course, my favorite, the Seychelles Islands. And each time, you know, you pack everything up, you move, you sometimes in the middle of the year. In fact, I remember um, we were living in Palo Alto, California when my dad came home. And so we were moving. Wow. I wasn't that enthusiastic about it. It was the middle of my fourth grade year. And I was really enjoying fourth grade in Palo Alto, California. I was doing all sorts of amazing things. And so he said, okay, so he got my geography book out and he opened it up and it wasn't there. So we went into his office and we got the globe and it wasn't on the globe. And then he pulled down this great big map and it wasn't there. And I said, I'm not moving to a place that isn't even on a map. <laughs> and where yeah. was it? In the, the Seychelles Islands are located in the middle of the Indian Ocean, four degrees south of the equator, wow. 1,000 miles off the coast of the East Coast, like Mombasa and Nairobi, Kenya. Yeah. Straight out 1,000 miles. It's above Madagascar. And it wow. is the most beautiful islands. Um, everyone has a different count, apparently, of how many there were. When I lived there, we counted 82. But 82 when I, people? No, 82 islands. Little oh, islands. oh, oh, oh. Okay. Some of them were so small because I looked it up on Wikipedia to make sure that I was up to date for our meeting. And it said 115. Now, I've been to almost all those islands, and I think some of them weren't there. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> got to be like just a rock. But so does it snow a lot there? I'm kidding. Zero. Zero snow. <laughs> yeah. I'm the kidding. biggest, most exciting thing. Well, actually, there's many exciting things about it, especially being in the Indian Ocean. Clear blue waters. Oh, it just takes your soul away. But um, we lived on the top of the mountain called La Miseria. And the natives called it La Miseria because they thought it was misery to wear a coat or a sweater up there because it hit the 60s sometimes. <laughs> wow. And every night when my dad came home from the satellite test control center, when we lived there, it was a British crown colony. And it was quite a hopping place. You would not believe it. But he would come home and we would play ping pong. Let me refer, rephrase that. He would dominate me in ping pong. And I, right. Like, right. Well, right. <laughs> it was right. so fun. And then he would have a Manhattan. And I think my mom was having Manhattans then too. And then we sit in those great big Singapore chairs. Yeah. Chairs, yeah. And we would all watch the green flick. And the green flick is a little yeah. right the sunsets. Yeah. And when I was talking to Mark Victor Hansen on Thursday, he said that he watches it in Hawaii. So you've got another place that is known to see the green flick. So we've we've seen the green flick in Destin, Florida. You have? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, anywhere that you can see the the ocean meeting the horizon, you can see the green flick. Check it out. I, I looked for it's it in amazing. Key West and didn't see it. It's amazing. Um yeah. Mark Victor Hansen said it had healing properties. I didn't know about that, but I know that I have something that's always protected me from the good and the bad and you know, all the stuff that happens in life. Yeah. So so how long were you in this? And it's called the seashell. Seychelles, S-E-Y-C-H-E-L-L-E-S. Seychelles Islands. How long did you live there? Um, three and a half years. Wow. And it's and one of the, the four. You started in the fourth, 
fourth grade. You were. I, the, I moved there the middle of fourth grade. So you were nine, ten years old. Right. Okay. Right. And then I skipped what they called standard five. Okay. Standard five, and then I went to standard six, and okay. I went to four and one. That's the the grades. Okay. That's how they do it there. I actually, it's the only. I think I might have beat my dad three times in life. I finally beat him in ping pong once. Um, I finally beat him in Monopoly once and on the island, he wanted to ship me off to England to go to boarding school there. And I must have made such a compelling reason why I wasn't going because I was like, I will swim. I will walk. I will float. I will hitchhike on a ship. I will get back. I'm not leaving my mother. I'm not leaving my brother. I'm not leaving my sister. Wow. And he listened to it. So I ended up in a convent. You ended up in what? A convent. A convent? Yes, At what age? Right the, the beginning of fourth, standard four. Oh, my gosh. So I went to wow. Regina Monday Convent. Um, I didn't, I went there. In the Seychelles Islands. In the Seychelles Islands. Wow. And it was quite an experience. And those nuns are very tough. Very yeah. tough. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah. And it was amazing. Um, you could go um, swimming on your lunch break, right? You had to make sure that your hair was braided tightly so you didn't drip on the desk behind you. And um, we had inkwells, like we had a little quill pen and you dipped it into the inkwell. Um, wow. It was a completely different world. I guess. Um, another wonderful thing about this group of Seychelles Islands that I'm so enamored with and I want to figure out how to do a cruise and invite everyone in um, that joins the mastermind and is part of the Facebook group. Um, I'm looking at either 24 or 25 to make sure that we're all organized because I would love to share this with you. But one of the islands is called Pryland. Pryland is believed by some to be the Garden of Eden. And the Seychelles aren't beautiful enough already, but in Pryland, there are some unusual fruits and vegetables that grow there that don't grow anywhere else in the whole world. And one of those is called a coca de mir, kind of in the coconut family. Has a very unique shape, though. Here is a coca de mir. Oh, my gosh. And yes, it looks exactly what you think it looks like. How did you get that? Well, at the time when we lived there, there wasn't a rule about you couldn't take them off the island. Um, so I have a few of them because the, um, the natives actually made things out of them and used them as utensils. We have them. I have like I can look right over here now. I have one that's like a bowl and you use them as vases and wow. serving platters. But the thing of it is in the middle is like a, a white fleshy jelly kind of thing. Yeah. Firm, firm, like jello. Yeah. A little firmer than jello. And it's a delicacy. It's for special occasions, like opening a bottle of champagne, but you have um, Coca de Mir, which is a f- um, the fruit of the sea. And the adults soak theirs in a very fine cognac. Wow. And we get ours with a little um, so- soaked in water with a little sugar on top. And it wow. is amazing. So you can buy that stuff right now, like at the store? I don't think so. Mm -mm. I don't think it's ever been in a store. I think you have to go to the Seychelles, and I don't know if you have to go to Pryland to get it. We did, but uh, I'll have to check on that. 
So, okay. So you said your dad, he was an air force colonel. Yes. Well, he was, that's another little good tidbit if I digress for a second. Um, he, He was a Lieutenant Colonel in the air force and he was the commander of the United States satellite test control center there the whole time we were there. And it was wow. the British crown colony and Sir Goose Greypatch was unmarried at the time. So my mother was the first lady of the island. And it, this was like a happening. I have no idea. I did not know the whole world wasn't like this. So the <laughs> Americans, all the ships come there to refuel. Wow. So every ship came in, there was a party. So there was a party on the ship um, and you got a tour of the ship. And most of the time I got to go. Sometimes if I was naughty, I was spending the day in the corner. <laughs> wow. Um, so my brother and I, and sometimes my little sister, she was quite young then, Christina, um, would get to go on these ships and tour them. And, get to, you know, we were like star kids at the moment. So we got to pretend like we were driving. And Wow. It was amazing. And then every, oh, every time a ship came in, there was a cocktail party, a luncheon, um, a dinner party, a formal my mom had so has more clothes than I have now completely. And there was uh, no TV there at the time. I understand they have TV now. And the radio came on for two hours a day. And the big news pretty much was what my mom wore that day. And I was like, I already know that. So I didn't like bother listening to that. Wow. And she gave great big parties too, because, you know, you had to reciprocate and everyone would come to the house was called La um, Souvenir House up in La Miseria. And, I got in trouble for climbing out my window, crawling through the kitchen and around and being under the table, like <laughs> cool appetizers and stuff. So they put me to work and I loved it. Then I got to get dressed up and you walk around the guest book. You remember guest books? It was a thing. Every yeah. time everyone signed the guest book and they wrote a little, little something, something. Wow. When my mother went to other places, she always wrote, um, Life without friends is like a garden without flowers. So back up to, okay. So you were, you went, you were living in the Seychelles islands. You, uh, a, a little girl born in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Um, and you, you were sent to a convent. <laughs> like you went to school at a convent did you go home every night from the convent? Yes, I was okay. very lucky. I was very lucky. My brother went to an all-boys school across the street, and they had a, a bus. It was only us two. Um, we had a bus that picked us up and took us up back and took us back every day. Hey, oh. Jennifer Moran is on here. Who's Jennifer. I, I love Jen. My love dad was too. an army colonel, and I used to hear stories of the parties the officers and their wives would throw back in the day. So glamorous and fun. So Jennifer, so, you should be in that era. I can just see you the way you put on parties and stuff. That would be so fun. So, I can't it so, anyway. So you okay, so you um lived in the Seychelles Islands for three and a half years, mm-hmm. and then you what? Where did you go from there to an even more beautiful island. <laughs> well, we, we actually skipped a piece. So when I, um, from Pennsylvania, we, we think I did Tampa, Florida. And then we took, um, actually we took one of the, what was it called? The USS United States cruise ship from, um, I think it left from New York. 
to Europe and we, uh, my dad was stationed in Ramstein in Frankfurt, Germany. Okay. Um, and I had some bad things happen to me there actually. Mm. But you survive. I had a, um, and I, first of all, <laughs> a good thing, or I guess they haven't as I got a baby brother there, <laughs> but I had a nanny put an iron on my hand and I got third degree burns on my right hand and oh my um, God. nearly lost the use of it. So that's another whole thing. And I, uh, on purpose, on purpose. Cause I was being naughty. God. And I don't really, and I actually did not know that my mother told me it was cause I put my hand under the water to test it. Like she tested it before I had a bath for my doll. Yeah. And I did not know that until actually just recently when I was taking care of my dad, my dad would live with me for seven years before he passed. Yeah. And he said, and I, I don't know. I think he overheard me talking about it to someone else about how I did that for my dog. And he went, looked at me and he went, that's not what happened. And that's when I found out that the Nan, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Because I remember when we lived in California the second time, um, my mom took me to a plastic surgeon. Because you know how kids are. They can be well. Yeah. And it looked pretty deformed. You know, a little hand. And the doctor looked at my mom and said, She's lucky she has the use of her fingers. Get out of here and be grateful for what you have. Wow. Talk about getting a grateful lesson early. I've been grateful ever since. Wow. So, so you, after you left Seychelles, you went to Germany? No, actually, I went Pennsylvania, Tampa, um, all over Europe, Germany. We lived in Frankfurt and okay. Ramstein for. So the nanny thing years. happened before you went to Seychelles. Yeah. So we okay. kind of went, we, we wow. from, yes. Yeah. And from Germany, we went to Biloxi, Mississippi. Wow. Where I got another sister, Christina. Then wow. from Biloxi, Mississippi, I think we went to California. And then from there, we went to um, um, Mount Vernon, Virginia, where I got another sister, Carolyn. Wow. But unfortunately, unfortunately, my mother was my best friend. Obviously, you can tell because she yeah. was my only friend because I kept moving every two or three years. Wow. And um, I got my little sister, Carolyn. But what happened is my mom got sick and died of leukemia when she was three. And I was a George, I had, I got a two-year degree, associate's degree from Mount Vernon College. And I was at Georgetown. And I was um, beginning my fourth year. My mom got leukemia. I didn't know it. I just came home at Christmas time for Christmas break, right? And there weren't any decorations up. And I was like, are you okay? What's going on? And I took her to Fort Belver Hospital. And we were there a few hours. And they kind of left her sleeping in a gurney. And I was like, Ugh. so I packed her up and brought her home. And they called me and they said, where's your mom? I said, she's right here with me. You were doing a terrible job taking care of her. I brought her home. She doesn't feel well. And they said to me, she has leukemia. Mm. And yeah, so that began. Um, her and that was in Virginia? Walter Reed Hospital. Walter Reed. Yep. So, um, by the way, Doug Wing is on here. He says, congratulations. You've been a great supporter of my books. I'm ordering your book today. All oh, thank you, Doug. Woo. That's so, wonderful. So, okay. How old were you then when, so you got your sister, she was three. How old were you when your mother passed? Um, when she, when she died the next year, June, and this is pretty horrible. Then. 
Yeah. Um, my, my dad lost his, his father on Sunday and we, and my mom was in remission at the time. So we went for his funeral and then um, I brought her back down with my little sister who was then three. And I took her home, but I knew it wasn't bad. And I really should have just let her die there, but I was afraid. Yeah. So I took her to Walter Reed, my little sister and I, and I left my, my other brother and sister in Pennsylvania where they were doing the, the services for my grandfather. And I didn't want my dad to be mad in case she could have lived and didn't want her to die at the home. So I took her to Walter Reed and um, she died there. And mm. um, I got in bed with her when she was dead and a priest came and yelled at me. And I had my little sister work. So I was feeding out of the vending machine. Wow. And it, it was um, really hard because then I packed her up and dad delivered the kids. And um, he was having his own issues at the time. So he went to take care of himself. And I was um, at Georgetown now with my sister, who was three. My next sister, I believe, was 14. And my brother was 16. And I became the instant mom. And you were how old? Um, I had just turned 21. My mom was so sweet. She didn't die in the month of May, which is my birthday month. And she knows I celebrate birthday month. So she waited until um, June 7th. Mm. And she's at Arlington National Cemetery. So that was the that was um, the first big funeral that I ever planned and put together. Unfortunately, I've had too much experience of this because I did take care of my my grandfather in the house and I took care of my mother and then I took care of my stepmother and then I took my my grandmother, Phoebe, and then I took care of my stepmother, Carol, and then I took care of my dad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened is um, I was at Georgetown and um, I'm going to go to one story from that. Jo I, hold it. Georgetown University. Yes. Georgetown University. So you were going you were going to college through all of this. Well, when I was still in college when my mom died and then. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how this works. So Do you see Jennifer Moran's comment, by the way, well, unless I put on my glasses, she said, my mom died. Oh, well, I have, we'll have to visit. I, I, I was just there. I go to visit them. It's, it's very interesting because my mom's at the bottom and then my stepmother and then my dad. So it's one stop shopping, so to speak. <laughs> that is <laughs> so such a terrible it, way to put it. One thing of flowers. Right. And then they put the, the, the husband or the woman who served on the front and then they put the wives on the back or vice versa. So wow. I put the flowers on the front. I take a picture, send it to my brothers and sisters, and they put it on the back, take another brothers and sisters. And my sister cured me. My my little sister Carolyn saved my life at Arlington National Cemetery. But we'll come back to that because I want to go back to Georgetown for a second. Wow. So I was still thinking that I could take care of three kids, run a house. Also remember there was no money coming in now, and um, go to classes. Wait, where was your dad? Um, he took a hiatus. I didn't know where he was for two years. Oh, jeez. Wow. So I uh, I was in class because I had so much theology and Catholic and yeah. I wanted to know about other religions. And I took Jewish life and thought with Rabbi White. In fact, mm -hmm. I had Rabbi White also speak at my mom's funeral. But the neat little thing that brings us back to books. I'll bet, I'll bet the nuns loved that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my family, everyone was, um, yeah, but you know what? It was my mom and I put it together and she loved all people, all religions and taught me to do the same. I That's didn't even awesome. know about racism until I grew up more here. 
Wow. It didn't exist in my whole life. But in my Jewish life and in light, Jewish life and thought class taught by Rabbi White at Georgetown University, Pearl Bailey was in my class. And we became really, really good friends. So that she would have me come twice a week to Watergate where she lived. And she would, um, um, we studied. Now, I can't remember if she got the A and I got the B or vice versa. But prior to my mom dying, I still was in school, obviously. Um, she signed one of her books that she wrote to my mother. Oh, my gosh. And um, this, actually, I don't have that one. But I have this one that she signed to me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's to Cindy. Eloquently, my friend, love Pearl Bailey. So wow. when she wrote her books, I went with her to Neiman Marcus where she had her launches. Wow. And then this one, the raw Pearl, Pearl Bailey. Dear Cindy, you are a wonderful girl. Stay on top of it. In love, Pearl Bailey, classmate. Oh, that is so awesome. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? Fantastic. That's amazing. And so um, Avon Greenspan was our tutor. And at the time, I don't know if you know who her husband is, but. <laughs> um, Greenspan, that rings a bell. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah that was our, our Jewish tutor. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! And like, I didn't even realize how important these people were. And um, her, Pearl's husband was, and then the, like the whole, the whole band would be in there. I had no idea. We would just, she'd go, are you hungry? Do you want a little, little something, something before you leave? Cause wow. she knew I was a starving student. And um, we'd have a little something standing in her kitchen, the Watergate. And then I, often she put me in her limo to drive back to school. Yeah. And uh, for Christmas one year, she gave me a blue scarf, a hand knit blue scarf. Wow. So anyway, what happened is, so I'm in Georgia, I'm still going to my classes, but now the three-year-old isn't in school yet. And um, Mary Lynch was, is, and always will be a saint. She was one of my mom's friends. And so I would drop her, Carolyn, I put the kids on the, make the lunch, put the kids on the bus, school bus, one could walk, drop my sister off at Mary Lynch's. She was like an angel, go to school. Um, I was modeling and acting at the time, go to work, come back, pick up come back, do the lunches, the wash the hair, um, dinner. And I was getting really tired. And I was sitting in um, Father Zarini's macroeconomics class. And I was just sitting there. And I think I was going to have a breakdown. And he looked at me and he went, Mannion, are you with us? And a peace came over me and I went, no, Father, I'm not. I picked up my books. I left. I went home and became the mom and the breadwinner. Wow. And I never went back. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so you were taking care, you were literally, you became mom to your brothers and your brother and sisters, two, two sisters. Um, yeah. Two sisters, one brother. Okay. Um, <clears throat> wow. At, at 21, 22 years old. Yep. I'm still, yep. Correct. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So you, you, you were going to Georgetown, you left, you walked out and you went home to be the breadwinner. Where did things go from there for you? What, what did you do next? Well, um, I, I actually worked jobs that would be during the school day. 
I got a bus to, to take Carol into Brownie Academy in Virginia. And the kids were um, able to go to school and get home a little bit, right? And so I took any modeling acting jobs. I did a lot of those spray the perfume people in Bloomingdale's. Yeah. And yeah, I did that. Yeah. Um, I did uh, tastings at liquor stores, you know, and they taste the wines and stuff. I did all the conventions at the convention center. I did fashion shows. I did every fashion show for Het Company. Um, I just hit it off. One of my, I'm still friends, actually. I'm still friends with all these people. One of my BFS is, is Ethel Schomburger, and she was the fashion um, coordinator there. And so wow. was um, Ron Lichter. I think he's since passed. And um, I did all their shows. I did ads for the Washington Post for Nina Hyde, who also I walked in her uh, breast cancer thing before it became the Susan Komen breast cancer thing. I always um, did that wow. for my stepmother. But um, yeah, so I, I eked out a living and it was amazing. Um, I was uh, Mae West on the Smithsonian for a big fashion show with Edith Head. Wow. Um, I modeled for Sax Dell's little shop in, in the Watergate when it was there. I met Jeffrey Bean and Halston and Yves Saint Laurent. And in, in school, when I was at Mount Vernon, I made these little books of them because I admire them so much because I was going to be going in fashion merchandising. And yeah. I made them books and then got to present them each with their book. Wow. Uh, so that was unbelievably fun. But what happened is I was featured in the parade section of the Washington Post because yeah. I got um, a part in Blowout with John Travolta and Nancy Allen. And um, they had a picture of me and a little write-up. and they they wrote you know Cynthia takes care of her um, three brothers and sisters and now she's uh, Hollywood's greatest gift and she's gonna go do this and um, they put wow. something like she doesn't know where her dad is and dad was at the Pentagon and this was really really bad I got in such trouble but that wasn't like part of my interview that I must have said it like casually and they put it in and it was really really bad wow but guess what happened he got in touch with you <laughs> <laughs> well it's about time dad yeah Jeez. When he came home and he was actually thinking of putting me over his knee and spanking me like he used to oh I'm like, my God. you're the one that disappeared <laughs> father so uh yeah that was a really tough uh yeah but what happened then is he moved back home and you know and i now think i'm the boss right and yeah. the kids, you know how smart kids are, right? Yeah. So they ask me, I say no, they go to him. He says yes, because he wants to be popular. Or he would say yes, and or vice versa, I would say yes. And, oh, no, you know. So we weren't. So I figured the best thing to do would be to find him a new mom, wife, companion, girlfriend. Yeah. Not that he wasn't really good at getting those anyway. Right, right. But a suitable one to take right, care of. Right, right. So um kind of helped him a little bit and he is my dad was like amazing he was like you know the the pen uh the playboy magazine those guys they write up that are perfect he could he did uh no. iron man he could <laughs> shoot, he could fly anything he scuba dive he wow. um, went on safari he knew morse code he could fix anything yeah he was one of those guys that all around and he was you know, six feet three and gorgeous and always kept his body in shape. And like, I remember counting laps when he was going training for the Ironman at um, Moffat Air Force Base. 
And so he moved home. And one day we were both um, drinking at the kitchen table. I would have, everyone was mad at me. I did these theme dinners. So I would say, okay, this week is Mexican week. And right. I have to have tacos and and I would want to hear a Mexican dance or I wanted to um, have Mexican music and I wanted to um, have them uh, learn some Spanish. Uh, then the next week it was Chinese or Japanese. And that particular week, I remember I had everyone using chopsticks. <laughs> and Dad did not believe that he had to play. And I was like, absolutely. It's And he went to get a fork. I'm like, no, it's not allowed. You're never going <laughs> to learn. I'm trying to teach culture. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, that didn't go so well. Mm. And so after I put the kids to bed, um, he had a word with me. And I, he said something like we weren't going to be able to, you know, be in the same house. I was like, you're right. Because when are you leaving? I said, I'm leaving Saturday. He said, what are you taking with you? I said, I'm taking the mattress off the, yeah, <laughs> my bed. And he said, okay. I said, great. Yeah, I didn't think that through either. Guess what? Saturday morning. I'm sound asleep. Yeah? Oh, I came to get your mattress to put on the top of your car for you. Oh, wow. I said, okay. I didn't have much stuff. I packed it up. Um, My blue Samsonite suitcase that I got for graduating from high school back in the day, that's all you got yeah and you were lucky right i packed that up um i took he always had a um a survival place so i took out like a bunch of tin cans i didn't even know what they were and um pineapple juice and all the staples of life right (laughs) in the car right right and i got in the car and i drove to baltimore where i had some friends um gary iglars and his family were he was a photographer and she was a teacher a doctor She's amazing, absolutely amazing. And they have a daughter, Maggie. And I used to spend time with them. And I said, oh, my God, what am I going to do? The kids are never going to make it without me. And they looked at me and said, Cynthia, what have you always wanted to do? I said, model and act. And they said, okay, go do it. I was like, okay. So I drove to New York City. I have to tell you, I didn't know anyone. (laughs) Wow. So I the Ross reports and the backstage and I started uh, reading like all the places and I called a few people and this girl, um, Georgia Harrell, we're still friends, um, said, sure, um, you can be my roommate. There's It's a small room. You have to share a bathroom. It's four flights of stairs. I'm like, okay, I'm in. But here was the little thing I also didn't think through. Um, the rent was $400 a month. Guess right. how much I had to my name? Uh, $50. No, I had $400. Oh, wow. I had $400. And my dad. And and how, how old were you at this point? I think he must've been 23. You were 23. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty scary. And then, and then she, I met her, I gave her my $400. Um, she gave me a key and she left. So um, I made a mistake, though. I opened the can of pineapple juice. This isn't a good thing to drink before you do four flights of stairs with a mattress by yourself. Uh, And about halfway up, dragging this mattress up these stairs, I sat down and I cried. And I asked my mom for help. I said, what am I going to do? I either go down and go back. That's going to be hell. 
or go up and figure it out. So it's like, okay, guess what I picked? <laughs> go up and figure it out. Yeah. And I think my dad had dared me for 30 days or 60 days. And so I, oh, I didn't have a, the mattress frame and stuff. Like I didn't really figure that part out. So I had the mattress and put it on the floor and the mattress on top of that. And um, I had to like knock on her little, the front door came in here. This was my room. My bed was there. There was a little closet there. There was a little window there. That was it. And wow. then there was like a little passageway. There was a kitchenette here. Her room was, that was like the living room, but it was really her room. And there was a little tiny dining table. And, and this is all, that. this is in New York. Yeah. Um. What was it? It is uh, uh, 47 West 73rd Street, New York, New York. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm here, New York, New York. So I had this outfit that I thought was really hot, right? So it was a leather skirt, it was about this big, and a woven leather top and white, white patent leather heels. Wow. So I got up in the morning and I took those Ross reports on that backstage. My blonde was showing, I did it alphabetically. And I walked and I started at the A's. And I walked to every one of those appointments. I had no money. I couldn't even, I couldn't even get a cab or, and I was afraid of subways at the time. Wow. And it took me, mm, I think I was into my second, almost third week and my heels were worn down like this. And I was thinking, huh, my feet were killing me. <laughs> were blistered everywhere. But when I got to the eyes, I got a job. I got a job at Toy Fair. And I think my first one there was with Garfield, Garfinkel, Garfield, the little cat, you know, that yeah, cat? yeah. and I was um, um, wow. doing a booth. Right. And they loved me so much. They kept me a year after year and I got Mattel saw me and they hired me to be um, a Barbie. And then I got to travel the East coast um, with my Barbie dream house. Oh my my Oscar de la Renta Velcro dress. What? and this whole crew and they would come into a mall and set up the Barbie dream house. And then all the kids would come and take pictures with me. And we had um, a couple other um, Mattel characters with us. So uh, let me, let me ask you a question. I mean, so you started with $400. You gave that to your roommate for rent. You had no money to even eat. That like, is a great story. Yes. I had romaine noodles, right? So I got romaine noodles. That's yeah. all, all I was eating. You mean ramen? Ramen. Yes. Ramen. Yeah. That's, I, I keep, I keep ramen noodles. Ask Jill's on here watching. She's I like, do. why do you keep those? It's to keep me. I, well, first off, I love them. Second, like I, it, it I remember what it was like. So right. I keep ramen noodles and I eat them once in a while, but you know, so you had no money you had. And, and then you get this job with Mattel. Did you, did they pay, did it pay well? Um, no, not particularly. Okay. Um, but before that, it, it's still that first month. Right. And yeah. I had to come up with the rent on time or else I didn't get to live there anymore. So I got the first job with the, with the cat Garfield cat. Yeah. And um, I had to um, international models. So I got them to pay really quick, went to international models. They gave me a check. I think it was, I'm thinking it was like for $600 because I thought I had it made. Yeah. Guess what? I took the check. I didn't have a bank account and they wouldn't cash the check for me. Right. So I walked back to Toy Fair and found this wonderful gentleman. I can't believe I can't think of his name right now. And I said, 
I have to pay my rent. It was like, I think that job was like five days. I'm like, it's three or four days and I can't open a bank account because I don't have any money and they won't cash the checks like with the money. <laughs> and he went to the bank, got me the cash. Then I went back to the bank, opened a bank account and gave my other $400 to my roommate and made it another month. So yeah, two months down. One step at a time. So, so where did things go from there? You were, we need to, we need to move into, I can't even believe we're 40 <laughs> minutes into this already. Really? Oh so, my gosh. So you, I'm, I'm sure you kept getting modeling jobs and growing. I know you were in some movies. Um, I like you've done some amazing things, right? So yeah. where did things go from there? How did they start really taking off for you? Um, I found a niche as a swim. Oh, oh, actually, actually before my niche, um, you know, I was going to see all the models. Remember I went to, I went to Ford. It's in the F's Yeah. and, um, I got a call back to go see Eileen and I went in and saw her and had a, an interview and with her. And at the time when I was nervous, I would chew my fingernails. And when they got all the way to the quick and were bleeding, I pick up my feet and chew them. And she looked at me and she took my hand like this. Oh, that's my mom's ring on there too. That's my mom's pearl. Oh, wow. And she's got that in Seychelles or Mombasa. I can't remember which one. There we go. Anyway, she took my hand and she said, Cynthia. Oh, no, I went, I went by Cindy then. She went, Cindy, you're a very pretty girl, but your hands are despicable. So this is what I want you to do. Every week, I want you to go to get a manicure and a pedicure. And you come back and see me in 30 days and we'll talk. And who was this? Eileen Ford. Who's that? Um, head of uh, the Ford agency. Is that big, a big agency? It was a big, big, big modeling agency back then. Oh, okay. All the big stars. Wow. Um, she did take me. She didn't put me in the big, big category. She put me into today's woman. But that yeah. was okay because William Morris took me in the W's. Wow. So Johnny Planko was my agent and um, I got some films and I got one that said an introducing Cindy Mannion. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah. And my wife, Jill says Eileen Ford is a legend. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's amazing. And um, I started taking acting classes with David Mann and he was best friends with Patty LaBelle and that whole group. And often on Sundays, we'd all end up in her kitchen and the piano was over there and they sing and we drink wine. And it was amazing. It was just amazing. But I was going to make another point. Oh, so I made a little niche as a swimwear model. So at the time I had the perfect body. So I got to um, be a fit model for Oscar de la Renta. And he loved me because I needlepointed. And his first wife used to needlepoint. So Jeez. he had me sitting outside his door for hours at $250 an hour, which was like $1,000 an hour. Because yeah. I, I needlepoint it. And I think he just enjoyed me sitting there needlepointing. And then I come in and you know try on all the swimsuits and he decide which ones he wanted. And because I was doing that, like every other swimwear company wanted me. So I did um, Serena, Whereabouts, Rosemary Reed, Catalina, um, Giorgio St. Angelo. Um, like pretty much all of them. Like I couldn't even, like I was seriously working from eight wow. to eight to five for them. And Oscar would use me in the evening because he wanted me to make my money 
afterwards because he liked to work late and take his time. And Oscar taught me um, how to eat gefilter fish. Doesn't matter. Oh, we're talking about the Oscar De La Renta. Correct. Yes. Jeez. So yeah, I've and um, wow. yeah. Yeah, and wow. I model. I was wow. a regular wow. Wow. Donna Karen. I was a model for Donna Karen in her swimsuits. Oh my god! And Norma Kamali. Um, Norma Kamali and I really didn't work together though, because she's into astrological signs, and mine didn't quite mesh with her. But I loved her stuff, and I would wear it. I had a little suit that I wore to all of my auditions—a little um, beige pleated skirt with a vest and a and a jacket. That suit got me more jobs. It was, yeah. Wow. So. <clears throat> I would also say your energy got you more jobs because it's, I'm sure it's always been as amazing as it is today. Oh, um, thank you, Ken. So <clears throat> eventually you left the modeling world. Um, let's, let's, it's, we're 45 minutes in. This is an hour show. Oops. <laughs> um, so, so talk about where things went. You ended up leaving the, the modeling world eventually. Um, when did that happen and where did you go? Well, actually what happened is um, I got married to a nice Jewish boy and he was in the garmento business in blue jeans and then I started modeling for blue jeans and obviously did blue jean ads. And we used to go to um, the Orient, Hong Kong and Calhoun because they tried all the samples on me to make sure they fit um, the size range. And while I was in Calhoun, I discovered I was pregnant. Oh, wow. And we were big skiers. So I wasn't skiing then. But then when we, I'm, I'm trying to be quick now. So we went skiing and I was really, really sick. And then. Um, after I had the baby, I wanted to go skiing and we went to Vail and in Vail, I didn't really realize I now weighed, I was in the 300 pound range and I was racing before when I was skiing. So we didn't change my boots. And so I was racing like at 126, 127. And I wanted to nurse my son. I was nursing and just humongous. And my husband wanted to be on the mountain, the first, you know, so we went on the mountain. I'm like, ah, oh, if you know how they are, yeah, they were ready to nurse. And he said, one more one. And I said, okay. And then he looked at me and goes, you're not flowing with the mountain. You have to flow with the mountain. I said, okay, I'll flow with the mountain. And I flew with the mountain and it was bare tree. It's one that at the bottom of bare tree. I now think about this. So it was a little icy patch and I came down. All 300 pounds came down on my right leg and I shattered my right leg. So ah. my right bone went through my knee bone and shattered off the top of my tibia. And I told, I tore my lateral meniscus. Oh my God. And I was nursing and my son was five months. And wow. it took me um, three surgeries. Um, they took a cup of bone out of, and I was like, oh, when people get bone taken out of their hips, it makes their clothes not fit. I'm like, I'm a fit model. You've got my hips out. You got to fight for it. So they drilled like a sore cap and lifted up the sore cap and scooped out a cup of bone and put it back down and put that back in my hip and put the bone in my knee and then a four hole metal plate, five screws, two washers. And hmm. I wasn't walking and I'll save you that whole period. But so you know, hold it. You were 300 pounds. Were you pregnant? 
Um, well, after I was pregnant, I had the baby. The baby was five months old, but I wasn't losing the weight so fast. Oh, I got you. And wow. I was sitting there and in my bed. I was in the hospital like a month, I think, the first time. And I watched the skiers come down the hill and I watched the skiers wow. come down the hill. And I saw, um, well, Willie Nelson was on. I bought his thing. He was in an IRS thing. But I saw a beauty pageant thing. And I went, oh, okay. I need a goal. That's a goal. Let me go enter that. <laughs> wow. And that will whip myself into shape. <laughs> but it wow. took a little bit because I had two more surgeries. And I entered it the first time and I got third place. And my wow. husband at the time was really, really mad because I, that I was third place. And it was like, you're never doing that again. And I'm like, oh, yes, I am. Because I have to be first. I'm doing it. And I did. And I won. <laughs> and then I got to be on Good Morning America and with wow. Matt Lauer back when he had hair and did those interviews and um, Wake Up America and Channel 5. And I was already doing stuff. It was one life. Well, to live was out. that in the 80s, 90s, 90s, I suppose? Yeah, it was the 90s. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Cynthia, you have done a lot. So, so talk about, you know, where, um, where did things go from there? Uh, I got well and wanted my son to grow up not in New York City. So I brought him down to visit my dad forever in Annapolis, Maryland. And I rented a little place. And then um, I had to get a job, right? Once again, what are you going to do? So I became, I worked for Nordstrom, wonderful organization, always tries to find the good in you and always looks for the good in everybody. Yeah. So I became, first of all, I started in personal touch. Then I was on the floor. Then I got the all-star thing. And then I became the gallery manager. They moved you. They moved me lock, stock and barrel um, to this little house I rent. I rented the smallest little house in the best neighborhood in Bethesda, Maryland. Wow. And I put my son in St. Jane de Shunnel and off old Georgetown Road, where he is still friends with everyone that he met there. And in fact, all of them came to his wedding recently. Wow. And I became a buyer. And then they moved me to Tyson's Corner. And I bought for the whole East Coast. And I opened three stores. And I quit three times with my son. And Bruce Nordstrom wouldn't let me quit. Wow. And yeah. So finally, I quit because I didn't want my... That's another story. But my husband was wanted to take my son saying I traveled too much. Cause once again, I started traveling again. That's why I quit modeling. So you were divorced. Yes. Okay. Well, in the process. Yeah. It took five. Got five it. Years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he tried to take my son because he said I was traveling too much and I wasn't a fit mother. That's why I stopped being a model actress. That's why I did this other stuff. Wow. And then I opened three stores for Nordstrom and that's traveling on the Nordstrom corporate jet. Very cool. But all I want to do is be home watching TV. With my, when I came home and the babysitter was watching TV with my son and reading my Oprah magazine and, you know, playing and I'm like, forget it. So I really quit. And the headhunter called me and they said, they're talking. And I thought, huh, sell copiers. That sounds like a <laughs> I'm like, okay. sell copiers. This was like May or June. And I'm like, sure. I go, I'm. Honey, what when does school start? He goes, September 5. I go, perfect. I'll start September 5. I had to go do the the what do you call it, interviews and everything. Yeah. And I told him I'd start and I took the whole summer off. And my son and I just played and did baseball. And I walked in September 5 and they went, Who are you? And I was like, Oh, remember you hired me, May or June? And they were like, Oh, yeah, wow. come right this way. And I've accidentally been doing it now for 22 years. 
accidentally. Um, so, so wow, wow, wow. So you started like that is so far removed from the modeling and acting. I mean, you worked for Oscar de la Renta. Like you, 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 you hung out with Pearl Bailey and you were classmates and you, you did all these amazing things. And I mean, you real, it's, it's unbelievable what you've done in your life and living in the, the, what's it called? Seychelles. Seychelles. I I wanted to say macaroon. I don't know why. Yeah. Seychelles islands. You've done all these amazing things and, and, and then you, you, did you feel like you were taking a big step? And by the way, Pat Hazel's on here. Love you, Pat. He's an amazing guy. Kellen Ann. Kellen, hi. I love Kellen. She's amazing. Um, Allison Turner's on here. Allison, Altmeyer, Robert Brooker. We have so many amazing people. And of course, my amazing wife. Um, It's amazing. So, so she said, you know, Jill said, you know, all the OGs. What an extraordinary life. Oh, Teresa is on here. Hey, Teresa. Oh, hi, so, so thank you. So you did all these amazing things and then you decide to go sell copy machines. Um, did you feel like you were taking a step backward at all? Nope. I was so grateful because at the time I only had to go in for meetings and when I had to order to turn in. So I was able to write all my proposals sitting on the baseball field while my son played baseball. Uh, and when I had to go in, I arranged with the other mother. So I would pick up all the children when they got to high school and I would drive them to good counsel. Right. And then they would pick up my son and take them to wherever the baseball game was. And I would work and meet them at the baseball game. And then I would sit there and do my work. It was beautiful. It was <laughs> It was beautiful. I was perfectly happy. I was, that is I was so incredible. Did you have to cold call and like? Oh yeah. When when I sold something in the building, I would cold call the whole building. In fact, oh, people God. would offer me jobs. I was cold calling. You can't do that anymore. I'm kind of having a hard time because I would do the whole building and I go, "You should meet Janice down the street here and, and on the next floor because guess what? The the IR six thousand would be a perfect copier for you, and that's what she has. So if you run out of toner or something, you can run over to her." and just get some and borrow it. It'll be great. And you guys should go to lunch. And and then I would do this and pretty wow. much I own the building after that. And then I just hit the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And yeah, and I have a best client that I got from, it's a funny story, but I won't go into it now next time. So, so but you, okay, so I know you pretty well. We've known each other for several years now. And <clears throat> I mean, I know what you drive. <laughs> Can we tell everybody it's the Tesla with the gull wing doors? It's the, I mean, those are not cheap cars. And especially back when you bought yours, they, I think they may have been even pricier back then. Um, I love Elon Musk. The, he's brilliant. We should be, I totally him. agree. We should be doing everything to help him because he will help the American economy and the world. His brain uh, is on fire and the AI stuff, we should be like just soaking it in and not making it more difficult with silly stuff because 
Yep. It's the best car I ever drove. And it's probably saved my life a zillion times because I drive so much. It's, it's fantastic. And you've driven it all over the country. Let's be clear about that. Like you've done cross country trips in that car. Yeah, so like um, Marilyn Hines is here. Mark Brenner. Thank you for Hi. sharing the, the, the link to her book. Oh, um, thank, you. thank you. So you are um, wow. I, I I'm, I'm literally like kind of speechless. You have, done so many amazing things that the, the glamour world, we'll just call it that you've done so many glamorous things that women all over the world would kill life. And you said, I don't want to live that life anymore. I want to just be with my son and, and, and do my thing. Um, which is amazing. And now you're still, just so everybody knows, you still sell copiers. I do. <laughs> what happened is I became part of most of my customers' families, right? So just just two weekends ago, I was at a baptism <laughs> for actually, the, so the, the, the client, the customer is his parents. His son played with my son. They're still friends. And they, I went to their wedding. I went to their wedding reception. I went to oh. their baptism. And I'm just part of the family. So now I kind of like, I'm ingrained in them. I don't know how to not do it. But I am, my son's grown up now. He just had his first year anniversary. Last year at this time, we were in Iceland for the most beautiful wedding ever. And he's got the most beautiful wife. And she has a fantastic family. So the blessings just keep coming. I'm just so grateful. And, and, and let's let's talk about that for a minute. And okay. we can go we can go over a little bit. I have another appointment here in a bit, but we can definitely go over. Um, but you are of, of all the people that I know, if someone said, "Who do you think lives from the greatest place of gratitude that you know?" I would probably have to say Cynthia Mannion. She's wow. constantly in a state of gratitude. Even when you're, you know, I've had long in-depth conversations with you where you were in tears telling me, you know, things going on. Yeah. And, and you always revert back to gratitude, no matter what's going on in your life. And I think that's, amazing. I just think that's absolutely amazing. And as a result, you have a tendency of attracting amazing things and results in your life. It's amazing. Jill says, so what is the lifespan of a copier? How often do your clients buy from you? Do you operate mostly on referrals? Are companies still buying copiers as much? She literally asked four questions in one statement. Let me, let me answer it. Lifespan of a copier. Um, they, there's always Whoops. new ones coming out with new with new technologies. How often do your clients buy from me? From 36 to 60 months. Wow. Do you operate mostly on referrals? Yes, I operate mostly on referrals. Are companies still buying copiers as much? Yes. But now they are... Um, I sell some big, big production ones that are as bigger than my house. But many of my customers, when I'm, I'm selling IT and software and security and cybersecurity, 
and all the layers, DocuWare. You can put on all these other products on top of your copier. I just, um, one of my big customers just got um, XM faxing on their new copier. Yesterday I was there. So it's really now becoming a, a technology piece. Yeah. So that um, you can do everything, but now and then, you don't, you're hardly even using it as a copier. You're scanning, you're making sure your documents are protected. It's a whole IT thing, really. Yeah. Makes sense. It makes sense. I'm sure that the, the you've seen in 22 years, you've seen some changes in that, that industry, I'm sure. So what, um, what caused you, I know what caused you, but um, I'm going to let you tell everybody because Cynthia has a brand new book out my green screen effect is causing it to act a little wonky. Cynthia, hold your copy up. We're going to talk about Black Pearl, a love letter to the ocean by Cynthia Mannion, um, written through the Mark Victor Hansen Library. Talk about why you wrote that book. What's it about? Um, Black Pearl touches my heart on so many levels. Um, it, I'll start in second grade when I wrote a paper and it was in the newspaper and my dad kind of poo-pooed it. And then when I was 20 in the twenties in uh, New York, you know, there's a lot of time in the green rooms and my um, model that I worked with said, Oh my gosh, you should write a book. And so it was always percolating. And I started four. I started one about my mother. In fact, some of you here might've filled out my questionnaire but it was so sad. I, I couldn't do it. Um, and then I started another one, which is in progress. It will get there. And then I started biography. It will cut, it will get there. But back, black Pearl, when I looked around and I saw so many, I was just looking at women then, but now men too are just like, they think they're done when they get to a certain age, 55 and over there, there's great sparks of fireworks and people they're doing amazing but if you look around, it's like they're downtrodden and they're sad and they're overweight and they're they're not living their full potential. They're not even living. And I thought if I could spark a love, a love for that little seed inside of you back when you were a child, right? There's something in there. It's always in there. You always know whatever it was. Even if you're a little slower, you can still do it. Do your passion. Go to the right place because that will make you happy. That'll make you teach someone, be more grateful. The more grateful that I find that I am, the better my life is. Yep. The more that I give, the more, I don't even expect it. I, I have given so much. And, and right now I feel like a new person. I actually feel like I've been reborn. I'm so excited to um, get Black Pearl out there because I think it's going to open up um, not only for me, but for everyone to go out and speak. And I'm setting up, uh, right now, there's a 30-day challenge for literacy. So all the Kindle proceeds are going to literacy foundations. Mm. And I'm encouraging everyone to read. There's still a lot of our people, not only in the United States, but in the world, who don't know how to read. With AI coming, you've got to know how to read and comprehend and write. Because yep. this is this is the way you think and grow rich, right? This is the way you yeah, move right. on in your life. It's the most important thing. And then I found out some people haven't been to the ocean. And I heard a couple of stories about people that are, um, they had childs that fell in the water. 
So my most important things are literacy, teach your children and everyone you know how to swim. Yeah. And go be in the ocean, float back. Just, you know, the beach isn't a very good place for phones and stuff. It, you just kind of let it go and take a walk on the beach. That sea air yep. will rejuvenate you. Swimming is so good for your entire body. You can swim at any age. Think of the people that um, are older. Truman was still swimming at like 102 or something. You got to like just go back and be in the waves. And the ocean is amazing. And you can snorkel you can scuba dive you can sail you can be on a cruise ship you can fish you can be on jet skis you can be on the back of the boat when you go oh. you can just swim you can just lie on your back and float and you get all the benefits and that just will clear your soul and you can go back and think think about that little who are you what's that little seed what can you do what would make you better what would bring that joy, that joy to you? And be grateful, grateful for our beautiful world. You know, we live better than kings and queens right now. We have so much. So I don't see why everyone isn't smiling and happy. Amen. <laughs> I have a little um, chant that I do. Um, I did it with my girlfriend, Pearl and Eileen and Katrina and Kelly in um, Santa Barbara. And Pearl and I came up with it at the top of a mountain with the statue of St. Mary's and it goes, you are amazing. I am amazing. We are amazing. You want to try it with me, everybody? Let's do it. You are amazing. I am amazing. We are amazing. Try doing that in the mirror and not smiling. Just picks you up. That one little thing will just pick you up and you can go, okay. Cause you know, some days are rough and you need a little something, something. So I wake up wow. in the morning and I start being grateful for my toes, my knees, my body. And I go, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Look in the mirror, do my little thing, and off we go. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ken. Um, you're amazing. <laughs> thank you. You really are. You really are. <laughs> you, you are amazing. Wow. So, um, while Allison says, right after I get up, I write down my gratitudes and goals. Yes, that's you wonderful. Go, you go. That's awesome. I had a pleasure to take a walk with Allison. Another great thing to do is walk. Yeah. We walked the golf course there because that's what was around, but the ocean's even better. But yeah. walk, you know, get your body moving. Wow. Amen. Amen. So the Black Pearl book is out. Um, it's it, tell tell everybody what the storyline is um, in in Black Pearl. Actually, um, I'll read this little piece. Cat Bristow always had a love affair with the ocean. As a child, the beach and the warm waters of the Indian Ocean were her sanctuary. But when she and her family moved to the U.S., she had to redefine herself. It's a strange man on the Pacific coast that brings her to her magic place, that little seat I was telling you about. And she's in the corporate world. And you know how that can be. And in the particular organization that she's in, the main man's son is her boss. And you know, if you don't do the right thing and you're not, they'll just ax you. They don't care. They'll just ax you. And she has some amazing struggles 
and she has a life-threatening event that occurs and she picks herself up and she gets on with it and she's amazing. And um, I have so many people to thank. You'll read this, but this is from my sister who was, are you ready? She outranks my dad. She's a full bird colonel in the United States Air Force. Yes. Wow. A brilliant masterpiece, which and I raised her. A brilliant masterpiece, which ties in the wonders of the sea and will have you evaluating what's important in life, as well as how you treat others, most important. Truly an exciting book that leaves you wanting more, a must read, especially for those seeking greater appreciation of nature and the people around you. And this is um, the first 50 people that get their orders or want them signed and get them to me. Galen is making these really cute little bookmarkers for them. Oh, that's so This awesome. is a real black pearl on the end, real black pearl. And this is, um, uh, there's a sea item on the bottom of, of all of them, either a mermaid oh or a fish God. or something. So it's quite adorable. That is so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. So... As we conclude here, I just want to thank Ken Walls, best-selling author and CEO, for my first testimonial. I want to thank <laughs> Wyatt Woodsmall, owner of Advanced Behavioral Modeling and Master NLP Trainer. I want to thank Terry Hermeling of the team of my favorite team, formerly of the Washington Redskins, Right Guard. Um, I want to thank wow. Kathy Snyder, uh, my girlfriend in Bethesda, who we're still walking 26 years. We walk every weekend if we're both in the same um, city state, four to six miles. And we trained a year and did half dome together. Um, Craig Deswat, you'll know about him because uh, he just did that amazing seminar in Orlando with Ken, speaker, author, podcaster for Rock Your Life, and he will rock your life. Debbie Leno, Senior Vice President, Corporate and Office Facilities Manager at JBG Smith, an amazing businesswoman setting out and forging a place for other women. And Rudy Maxa, American consumer and travel expert, author, and executive producer, who um, I actually worked with when he was at the Washington Post. So get the book. It's on Amazon. It's also available at Barnes and Noble and in uh, Walmart. And I really appreciate a, um, a review and share this out. Catch our interview with Mark Victor Hansen. I'm so honored. It was it was. Delightful, absolutely delightful. He's a very exciting man, and I know Ken got to. Ken meets all the greats, of course. And well, I I introduced you to Mark. It's true, he did, and Crystal. Yeah, thank I you, Ken. The very and look, first meeting. I re, I was see? there. It was incredible. Those yeah. little seeds, that little piece of sand that gets in irritates you becomes a pearl. It's amazing. It's amazing what you've done. It's amazing what you're doing. And I'm absolutely amazed at what you are going to do because I know some other things and we won't get into all of that, that that's coming, but you trust me, you want to get this book. <clears throat> My wife is literally updating blackpearlbook.com as we speak. So you'll be able to go there, click and go right over to Amazon to get the book as well. So um, Thank you, everybody go get a copy of this book. And, and you're saying if they send you a receipt of the book or something that they get that bookmark from you or how, how's that work? Well, um, actually if they send me a receipt and show me, 
um, I'll send you either a paperback or a black copy with with one in it. You don't have to send it back and forth. I'll just give you another one because I don't want wow. everyone to waste time and money. So um, wow. first 50, you get it. Um, if you buy the Kindle, that's going to Literacy Foundation. All that money's going for the next 30 days. Um, I, I do wow. have a, a group started and I'll put it on Facebook group in the next couple of days or maybe by next week. So you can join the Facebook group because it's not I'm not going away. I, I found my calling. I found my calling. That's awesome. So we are going. And when the next book launches, I'm going to do that cruise with everybody and take them to the Seychelles Islands. I'm going to figure it out because it is so exciting. And I want you to be part of my journey because whatever you have in your heart, go for it. This is your time. You are perfect. You are perfect wow. just the way you are. Cindy slash Cynthia Mannion. <clears throat> You rock. You're amazing. Mm. You're amazing. Thank you, Ben. Right back at you. Where do you think we learned Thank some of the stuff? <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a part of my life. And um, just thank you for who you are. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Everybody, make sure you follow Cynthia. <clears throat> if you're not already, follow follow Cynthia on Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere. Go to Amazon and get the book. Go over to blackpearlbook.com, get the book. Get this book and it'll it'll it'll, it'll really impact you. It's a, it's a wonderful wonderful story. So, thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you for being on today. Oh, thank you, Ken. It was my honor. Love you. Right. Thank you. Love Keep you. up the good work. Thank you. And hi to Abigail. Me, gonna, yes. Uh, I'll, I'm, uh, I'm going to end the live stream. So stay with me. Don't hang up. But everybody have an awesome day. And thank you so much. Go get a copy of this book. See you later. Thank you.